0: This morning, we're going to continue with the series of uh, the book of Ruth. So I'll be talking through Ruth chapter 2, verse 1 to 7. And for those who were not here last week, so I'm going to kind of recap, because if I start this chapter 2, it might be a bit difficult for you to connect the, the story. So I'm going to... Just paraphrase, uh, paraphrase what happened in uh, Route 1, then we will be able to connect exactly what I'm talking about in this particular chapter. So before I go, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we bless your name, O Lord. We want to thank you for this morning. We want to thank you, O Lord, even for the opportunity given unto us to come together. Because your word says we are two, three, or more are gathered in their midst, you are there. This morning, we are more than two, we are more than three. Father, Lord, we know that you are in our midst this morning. Even as many that are here this morning with an empty hand, Father, Lord, bless them this morning, O Lord. Don't let us return back home empty-handed in Jesus' name. Father, Lord, O Lord, we pray this morning, O Lord, come and bless us with your word, O Lord. The word we are going to hear this morning, let it bring hope for the hopeless. Let it bring blessing. Let it bring faithful, O Lord. Father, Lord, O Lord, as I'm going to speak, O Lord, this morning, don't let me speak my own word, but the word that I'm going to speak this morning, let it come forth from above, so that we'll all be blessed this morning. For in Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Right. The book of Ruth, chapter 1, we heard about the story of a man called Elimelech, the one that married to Naomi. So there was famine in the land of uh, Judah, we're told, because oftentimes um, there was issue with the people then, you know, disobeying God, and there was kind of God-judgment there was farming in the land, and Elimele just thought, we've suffered enough in that land, it's time for me to just leave this land and find where I'm going to survive with my wife, and Naomi, were told, had two sons with the husband, so one name is uh, Malon, and the other, the other one is called Kilon. So malon in the Bible, it means sick, and kilon, it means dying. So that's why I don't think, uh, (laughs) for a long time, I don't think I've had anyone call their children malon or kilon or so, I don't know, maybe, but sadly, that that was the interpretation. Anyway, so because we're facing famine in Judah, and they decided to go to a neighborhood, Moab. And that's the land of pagan. Just often times in our lives, we'll be facing a lot of challenges. It might be the job we are doing. You just thought, oh, I've had enough with this job. I need to just look for another job. It might be a lot of challenges you are facing in the country you are. You just thought, no, I've had enough in this country. It's time for me to go. I know a lot of people that left after Brexit. Just thought, oh, things is going to be upside down. Things is going to be this. I'm going, to, I'm going to relocate. And they move. So sadly, this is what happened during uh, this time with um, this family. They decided it's going to move to Nabal. So they went to Moab with the son and Naomi, with the two sons. So when they got there, we're told in the Bible that the, the land of Moab, they are pagan, they, they worship idols. But anyway, they went there. You can imagine uh, in a, uh, someone that people of God who knows God then migrated to go and live in a place whereby they don't know God, they worship either. They went there, the two sons, they married when they got there. So one married to Ruth and the other married to Oprah. So along the line, I think they were there, according to the Bible, about 10 years. They were told that. Elimelech died. Then after he died, within a short period of time, the two sons also died. Now it left with Ruth, um, with Naomi. Naomi now had two daughter-in-law with her husband. So things was getting tough. It just like because I could remember, if you look at the biblical way of life then, it's much or less like the way I came from in Africa, that men always take care of the house, you know, buying food, you know, women have their own role. I think this kind of picture I'm seeing here, there's no husband, uh, Naomi doesn't have husband anymore, the two uh, daughter-in-law, they've, they've, they've lost their husbands. So things were very, very difficult. They were kind of struggling. Where did they go from there? Everything was tough for the three of them. But we're told that Naomi is already very old. Hardly she can't go look for work. There's no even work to do. So but as she will have it, there was a news coming from judah where where she originally came from that god has forgiven and things is coming back to normal there is food in the land then she was excited when she had that news she just thought when it is time for me to go back to my land and she said definitely she will go with the two daughter-in-laws that was the decision she made But later, she she said, wait a minute. Am I going to go with these two daughters-in-law? Things might be so difficult for them. They might not not find it very interesting. they They might not find it very interesting. So the same thing happened to anyone. It could happen to us. You just think, how ah, are you going to cope? You just pack your bag now. Just said, okay, I'm going to France. Without, you want to carry someone else along? You've lived there before, or you're going along with two other people. You might be thinking, things is going to be difficult for them, especially when they don't know anything about the land. They are strangers. They are widows. She now mind. You know, I think the best thing is for me to advise them to stay put, to stay in their hometown. And there they can cope, they can find another husband, marry, and start their life all over again. So she said to them, we're told that in the Bible, she even prayed for them. So she prayed for them that, I pray God will give you a husband, God will take care of you, just stay, I'm old now, let me just go back where I come from and things will be fine. We were told that they wept. That's Ruth and Hopper. But along the lines, Hopper just waved goodbye to Naomi. But the Bible says Ruth clung onto her. That means she said, No, I won't let you go. She said, Where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people she refused to let Naomi go back to Judah alone. Oprah just said goodbye, and that was it. That was the end of Oprah. But we were told that Ruth follow Naomi, and they made that journey back to Judah. So that now brought us to the second part of that chapter, which is... Ruth 2, if you have your Bible, if you open with me to Ruth chapter 2, verse 1 to 7, that's where we will continue this morning. The book of Ruth, chapter 2, verse 1 to 7. Now I read. Now Naomi had a relative of her husband's side from the clan of Elimelech, a man of standing whose name was Boaz. And the root, the Moabite, said to Naomi, let me go to the field and pick up the leftover grain behind, anyone whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. So she went out and began to glean in the field behind the aphester. As it turned out, she found herself walking in the field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Just then, the Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvester. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you. They call back. Chapter 5. I mean, verse 5. Boaz asks the foreman of his harvester Whose young woman is this? The foreman replied, She is the Moabite who came back from. Moab with Naomi. She said, Please, let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvester. She went into the field as walked steadily from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So, that chapter 2 is actually telling us when the journey now starts, the moment they got to Judah. We're even told that immediately they entered the town, people were just looking at. Oh, Is this not Naomi? Because Naomi, the, the, the name means "sweet." Before she left, they know she's a sweet woman, very uh, very, you know everything was okay with her. Apart from the famine that was on the land, that was why they, 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 they went in the first place. But physically, she has she looks different. You know things were tough for her. People even approached her That Naomi. She said to them, don't call me Naomi. You can even call me Mara. Mara means bitterness. She was kind of furious that God, this is what has become of me. This is what God has done to me. Things are not really going the way I expect. Oftentimes in our life, as Christian, as even non-Christian, things we begin to face challenges. We begin to face a lot of things that we begin to question God. Especially Christians, you'll be thinking, I can't believe I come to church, I pray, I fast. Things is just horrible. Why is this happening to me when I know God? So, it was, she has lost every hope. That things is not going to be the same for her because she's already old, there's no husband, there's no way she's going to marry because at her age, no, 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 no way she's going to marry. So the hope is totally lost. But our God is the hope for the hopeless. But well, one thing is, Nahomi, I've changed her attitude, I've changed into bitterness and resentment. She blamed God for everything that is happening to her. But Ruth, we're told that, maintained a good attitude. You can imagine, Naomi Naomi knows God. Ruth doesn't know God because she was in a city of Moab. Worship pagan. But if you if you look at the Bible very well, it means that Ruth must have learned a lot of things from Naomi from Naomi when they were in, in Moab about God, about everything. I think she held on to that. She has maintained a good attitude despite all the setback they received. She is the only one that has that courage, have that belief that the God of Naomi, I think. That God is going to do something. And if you look at the, 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 the verses we just read now, she were told that she went to Naomi and said to her, let me go out. Let me go into the field. Let me go there and start a glaring. That is, picking up, it means leftover. You know, where they, where they do harvest. Like, if you've, if you've seen where they harvest." You know, when they are fasting, there will be some leftovers that will be dropping on the floor here and there. Those afters will just carry on doing what they are doing, but few will be dropping here and there. She has the belief that she's going to go there and start picking all those things, bring them home, then they will have something to eat. She has that faith that they are not going to starve to death. She knows they can survive, but we're told that she went to Naomi and asked for permission. She didn't just say, wake up in the morning and just pick her bag and just went out. She went to Naomi to seek for permission to do that. And Naomi were told, grant her permission to go and claim. The thing is, if you look at, let us quickly go to the book of Leviticus chapter 19, verse 9. We can understand why Ruth have that belief. Let us, let us open Leviticus 19 chapter 9. The book of Leviticus, chapter 19, verse 9. I read, When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edge of your field or gather the glen of your harvest. You see, I said from the beginning that Ruth must have learned a lot from Naomi, she knows the Bible. She knows a lot of things about what God can do and what God has done and what God has promised. In that, let's be 19:9 19, 9, that I've just read now, that was the instruction when God was giving Moses things to the people of Israel, like what they should do, what they should not do. He, has, he instructed them that when they were doing aphesting, they should not pick all the glen, all the leftover, they should leave them for the poor. So that's the faith that Ruth had that Mia going into this field, she knows definitely she's going to see leftover to pick. And if you look at the world system, especially in the Western world, most of those things is what, even here in UK, they are practicing it. That's why we have this welfare system, whereby some of us, or those of us that work, they're taking tax whereby they are paying for those who doesn't work. So the same thing in that Bible. The, when they are fasting, they are leaving the leftover for the poor. So that's the welfare system in the, in the olden days. And most, most, country, most developed countries practice that. So she had that belief. And she went to the field. When Naomi, she asked Naomi, Naomi said, yeah, my daughter, go ahead, do what you think you want to do. So there's a lot of lesson we can learn from Ruth in this particular uh, chapter. Naomi has totally lost hope. Even when the, the two daughters, they, were, they, they want to follow her back to Judah. She said to them, no, go back. Don't follow me. I'm too old. There's nothing God can do to me now. I can't even marry. Even if I marry today, am I going to get a son that is going to be born today, grow up tomorrow, and you're going to marry you are still young go back go and start your life all over again but ruth is a woman of faith she's capable of making decision and we're told she stick to those decisions she determined to follow after god and follow naomi despite all these consequences which she knows that she's going to face in judah the consequence being that she's a widow she's a foreigner and she's very poor. She understands all those strikes that is all, 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 all already against her, but she has faith that things will change. Even though she has not dreamt of what God is going to do or have the, exactly how he's going to do it, but faith, we're told, when you have faith, things can happen. She has that faith. She has that belief. And that is why she sticks to her decision to follow her mother-in-law back to Judah. Ruth, she's a thinking woman. She assessed the situation in a practical time. As we we're told, two poor women now, she is poor, her mother-in-law is poor. There is no other one in the land. They don't know any other person in that land. Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, is already dead. When they came back to that land, nobody, there is no, no family because no 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 the two sons, Malon and Kilon they are already dead. So they don't have any other person in that land except two of them now that came back to Judah. So oftentimes we look at ourselves. You think, I don't have friends, I don't have dad, I don't have mom, I don't have no one. But remember, you have God. And that's the faith that Ruth had. She believed that although they are poor, although she's returned back with Naomi to Judah, she knows there's no husband for both, there's no relative, no one whatsoever. But she have that faith that there is God, the God of Naomi. And that was why she said to Naomi, your God will be my God. She knows it's a God that can turn things around. Another thing we can learn from her is that she showed determination and purpose in making the best out of bad situation. Oftentimes, are we in a bad situation and what do we try doing? Do we just give up or do we just think I'm going to try to find a solution? Despite this situation I have, there are always there is always a solution. For every problem there is a solution. It's a matter of just sit down, pray about it, think about it and solution will come. The same thing that happened to Elimelech, even Naomi's husband, were told there was farming in Judah. But what did he do? We're not clearly it, was, it wasn't clearly stated exactly what he did. But it might just be a situation whereby he was in that situation. Think, oh, there is famine in this land. Malon, kill on, take your bags. Naomi, pack your things. That's it. We've had enough. Let's go. But Possibly it might just be a matter of calling the wife, Naomi, Malon. let us go on our knee, let us pray, let us pray, let us trust God, let us believe God that things will change. Because despite what is going, because the Bible has told us that if 1,000 fall by our side and 10,000 by our right hand, it will not come near us. The family might be in the land of Judah then, but when they come together as family and pray, it might not even... Out of the famine, they might survive it, but we don't know what happened. So the same thing in this situation. Ruth is making the best out of this bad situation, saying, although I know I'm only here with you, but I'm not just going to give up. So we should always try as much as possible to seek the eyes of God whenever we are in a situation whereby we think there is no hope. There is always a light at the end of the tunnel. I think most of us must have driven past a devil Tunnel. We immediately get to the barrier, no more barrier there anyway. You, get, you go in, everywhere will dark. You'll be going, you'll be going, by the time before you get to Tibri, Acid, before 8:30, there's light. So, the same thing in the situation of life: God has not given us that everything is going to be rosy. There is going to be trial and tribulation. But he has promised us that he will see us through. And that is the belief and the promise that Ruth head on to. Do you grumble or complain and blame God when things is not working? I think we all do. We'll be thinking, oh, Why is it me? I go to church, I pray. Look at that guy. He doesn't even go to church. He doesn't believe anything. Look at the car he's riding. I'm still riding 06. He's riding 21 or 71. Why? But God is a God that knows where each and every one of us is going. Oftentimes want is the issue that most of us lose God for. But God always gives us what we need. It's not what we want. Sometimes our wants might be to our own disadvantage. It might be something. God will not give you what is going to hurt you or what is going to harm you. But everything that we need, God will provide. Mourning and groaning about life, unfairness, is for loser. It's only loser that mourn and started saying negative things. Another thing we can learn is root humility. In verse 7, we're told that the servant report back to Noah. She said she approached them in the morning and she does not demand that, oh, I'm going to glen. I'm going to take all the leftover. We're told she has for them, please, if I can glen in the field. Humility should be one of the things that we should practice. As Christian, humility. When you humble yourself, favor follow you. Ruth, we're told, is an amazing worker. In verse 7 also, it continued. We're told that she continued glaring from morning all till later without even resting for a moment. We shows us that she's not a lazy person. In anything we're doing, we shouldn't be lazy. At work, oftentimes you work with some of your colleagues they will tell you do that I can't be bothered there are a lot of things that you do that you think no one sees you there are a lot of things you do you think I'm just doing it I'm, I'm just here to earn my, my salary there's this program in uh, on TV it's called uh, what's it called again when those boss will pretend to go into the company and yeah. yeah. undercover boss. Thank you. Underf- undercover boss. Undercover boss. They will pretend to be staff and go to the company that they, they own. It might be in the restaurant or something like that. They, 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 just to see the attitude of their worker. Just to see how their worker are putting all they have in, into that business. Some will be good as good. Putting effort. Some will be saying, oh, just don't worry about it. This, that's the way the company is. That's the way this and that. This and. In the end, the, the boss will reveal himself that. And you can see that that program has transformed a lot of people's lives. People who are putting all their best, who have devoted all their time and, you know, whereby some it has ruined their life. They said, oh, so this is the way. Off you go. They fire them. So the same thing. We were told that the Saffron reported to Boaz that this woman, she walked from morning till late without even having a rest. And I'm not going to give that away. By the time the next series is going to continue, we are going to see what God did in the life of Ruth. So everything we do, let us believe that there is someone up there who sees those things. Just don't worry about what man says or what people say. God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Finally, my brothers and sisters this morning, I want you to know that a humble person will find grace and favor. God doesn't promise to give us grace to survive all scenario, as I've said, that we can dream of, but only to give us the grace to enable us to make through whatever he actually brings into our life. There is no such thing as luck. You see some people will say, oh, it's lucky. Oh, that, that guy is, is very fortunate. Oh, those couple, oh, it's faith that, that made them to come together. Nothing like that. Nothing like faith, nothing like fortune, nothing like luck. Everything is the favor of God. As you hear what will happen to Ruth later, you know that God has already prepared Ruth. He has already prepared everything from being immobile, lost the husband, come to a land that she doesn't know any, anyone, follow the mother-in-law. Then you see what happened to her later and now God bless her. Then you want to tell me that oh, because when she came there, is faith or it, she was lucky. God has already planned everything. So the same thing in our life, God is involved with every details of our life, even though we don't see it. And God follows faithful with optimistic faith. I remember when I came to this country, I thought, I'm a graduate, then that's graduate back from Africa, when I came here, I thought, oh, I'm going to see a good job, this and that, but it doesn't work like that. When I first came, look for a job, nothing, nothing. What, I was, what I, was, I was doing, I work in a chicken factory, you know, where they uh, frozen chicken, you pack it. When I would come back to the house, my hand <laughs> my would be frozen. I would just put it under cold running water. I will be crying like baby. I was praying that God. But the thing is, as I said before, you can look at the story of Ruth we just talked now. It wasn't lazy. Anyone can, Glenn. She just thought that anything that worth doing is worth doing well. Anything that was going to provide food for me and my mother-in-law, I will go, go do it. And that's exactly what, what, what she did. So the same thing in life. At the moment, some people will be looking for a job. You look at your qualification, BSc, MSc, whatever. You see a job that you got bills to pay, a lot of things hanging around that you need to offset. Then you thought, no, I'm not going to do this job. you've, You've wasted a lot of time, a lot of years. Still, you haven't got a job. Brothers and sisters, anything that comes across your way that you think you can do, go for it. As I was saying, I was doing that job. I was hoping, I was believing in God. We were on break one day. I just saw that newspaper. You know, some some of the guys who come from train station. You know, those free uh, men. One guy brought it. He just put it on the desk. I saw it. I saw the advert. So so the company. Oh. I just applied for it. And they called me for interview. I went for an interview. And last year, seven, will make 10 years I've been in that company. You see, what I'm trying to say is that there are some things that God lay into your heart, uh, into your mind. Just go for it. God might be preparing a better way for you. Even my, my wife, two weeks ago here, you remember I asked for prayer for her that she's going for band seven at her workplace. You see, where she is presently, the, the, the ward, she applied for same position there. They were kind of playing her. And I said to her, stay put. When God is going to do it, God will do it. She went to do overtime in another department. Couple of times, couple of times. And there they just, oh, oh, this and that. Oh, why don't you come work for all this and that, this and that. When the position came up, and they just informed her that, oh, how about this position? Go for it. Yeah, you'll be lucky. And she went for it. And that's it. She got the job. So you see, our God works in a miraculous way. He works in a way we don't know. And we will never know. He's, 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 he's a God that, when he, when he wants to do his things, he's just going to be... They say when God turns the captivity of Zion, they were damned like dreamers. It. It, when, it, when it happened, you just think, am I dreaming? How does it happen? You won't be able to explain. But he has already planned the way our journey is going to be. So let us have faith in God. And I know when we have that optimistic faith, God will favor us. So this morning, that's just going to be what I'm going to say about this Route 2. The series will continue next week. May God bless us in Jesus' name. Amen.